Welcome everyone to the Shooting Pod Press. It is the post WrestleMania edition. We're going to talk to the panel tonight about how WrestleMania did. Was 37 any good? Was it terrible? We'll find out. And we'll also find out if our trio can book a good story heading into WrestleMania 38 next year. But before we do that, let's bring all the guys in for our classic triple threat match with returning champion Reynolds at I am Reynolds 2305 in the building. The defending champion. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. What's up? Dynamite stuff as always. <laughs> and the challengers tonight are my man James at Billy Kimber 1990 on Twitter and at Rob Tatka. That's two B's, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. We got two challengers that want that strap and they're going for it. And we, as usual, we start with the opening bell. First off, the big topic tonight, gentlemen, where did WrestleMania get things right? And I think if I know anything about the business, you got to start off with the champion. So Reynolds, answer the first question. Where did they get things right? I'm glad you asked the question after that, because if you just yelled at me, answer the question, I was going to get very upset. (laughs) It's very rude. Guy already is trying to get over his champion. Unbelievable. (laughs) It's all right, access, Mashman. (laughs) All right. Where do they get it right? I mean, night one. Pretty much everything on night one is where they got it right, but nothing more than than in the main event between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. A thousand percent the right call for them to be in the main event, and then they a hundred percent delivered. It was an awesome match, great psychology throughout. No shenanigans. There was no Reginald. There was no Thank God. there was no Becky return at the end, which was a little bit of a risk if they decided to go that route. They just let it be a straight wrestling match between two badass women, and we got a classic out of it. It was fantastic. Bianca Belair looks better than she ever has, and Sasha is she's Randy Savage of this era. Very solid. All right, let me uh, throw things over to Rob here on this part. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts? Where did WrestleMania get things right? Well, for me, both of the heavyweight championship, whether it's the Universal Championship with Roman Reigns or the world or the excuse me, the Almighty Heavyweight Champion Bobby Lashley, both coming out on top, and the way that both of them did in dominating performances. I'll start with Night One with Bobby Lashley. We mentioned this last week on how I think Lashley leaving the Hurt Business is going to help him because it made him look stronger. He just flat out beat Drew McIntyre like no other. And that I, as soon as he had the full Nelson on, forget it. It is done and over with. Second night, Roman, Roman Reigns. The way that he defeated both Edge and Daniel Bryan. Again, we talked about how the finish could have been. I think it was the best case scenario which was have Reigns pin both guys. At that point, you're showing that, hey, Reigns, he's going to just be the best out there compared to, oh, he pinned Edge. Now Daniel Bryan can say, oh, well, you didn't beat me, Daniel, or vice versa. No, he literally beat both guys, pinning both at the same time. I loved how it ended, and it made look Roman Reigns look like a legit, badass, strong, heavyweight universal champion. Very strong. All right, James, same question to you, my friend. What did WrestleMania get right? Uh, I'm going to go with what they got right is uh, and still for both of the uh, World Heavyweight Championships because 
Roman Reigns, I think, was solidified as a main eventer, like a top level main event star after WrestleMania. And as well as Bobby Lashley, not really cementing him, but giving him a, a leap forward that he hasn't had really. So he has a very good, credible beatdown of Drew McIntyre to give his title reign some, uh, you know, good momentum going forward. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. That was, uh, that any, is, that was ridiculous. Oh, that was go really, ahead. Go ahead. Lashley and McIntyre. It, it was garbage. I mean, not. To, I was about to say to the highest degree, but that's too much hyperbole, and I, I could save that for other stuff that is actually garbage. The highest. Dads are people too, Reynolds. Like, like Mandy Brooke or Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke on Raw. But with with McIntyre and, and Lashley, I would dispute the idea that that Lashley looks like amazingly strong now because Drew McIntyre was about to hit the claymore before he had a squirrel moment because MVP said something and Drew McIntyre turned his head. That was what they used to protect Drew McIntyre who was going to win that match until he just goes, oh, what'd you, what, what'd you say out there? And then then Lashley takes it to him. I don't think Lashley looks that dominating out of that. He actually looked more dominating out of what he did to Riddle on Raw than anything he did at WrestleMania. Now, I will go ahead and give the caveat that, of course, I am not a Bobby Lashley fan, and I was also very down on this match going in, but it did nothing to make me feel any differently about either of the two guys coming out of that. Yeah, I have to just agree with that because I just thought that Lashley going out there, like I mentioned, he did not have the hurt business with him. He went out there, and he just looked like a legit badass out there. And like you said, too, Riddle, because don't get me started on Riddle, how he now becomes easily the worst entire wrestler on the roster now because you go from losing the United States Championship one night and then the very next night getting pummeled by the almighty heavyweight champion, Bobby Lashley. Lashley, they're going to do a really good job of him mowing down the entire okay, roster okay. I'm gonna stop you for right a whole there. year. I'm going to stop you right there because th- you just said definitively they're going to. I have not seen anything in the last seven years that says, hey, Raw or SmackDown is going to do anything. <laughs> they have lucked into a lot of these stories. I think the only thing that they have done a consistently good job with is Roman Reigns since the return. So don't sell me that they are going to definitively make Bobby Lashley the guy because I don't buy it. <laughs> All right, you gentlemen. don't think that they're you don't think they're going to have both champions be the same type of guy, just be straight up badasses the entire time, beating up the entire roster. No, I don't think they can get out of their own way. I'm gonna say on that one, I I'm gonna go with Reynolds on that side. I I would be surprised if Lashley is still champion by SummerSlam, but we will see. Uh, but let's move on to the part two of the opening battle, gentlemen. Uh, James, I'm going to go to you first this time, my friend. Uh, where did WrestleMania get things wrong? What What in the two nights did you see that you were just not a fan of or didn't work? First, uh, the length of that women's tag team match between, <laughs> uh, like, what the heck was that? And if I'm Bailey, I'm going to Mr. Man and I'm pulling a Bret Hart. I'm punching him. Like, you give them that long of a match, and I'm not even barely on the- – WrestleMania at all, and I had one of the best years from a woman ever. Like, what the heck? So that, and also the Fiend situation. So you build him up, he burns him, he comes back, supposed to beat him, and then Alyssa Bliss comes up, oozing black stuff, and he just turns around, gets hit by one RKO and moves. Then the next night, he's he, like my boy Reynolds says, he got some big breakup energy. Oh, I'm so much better now. My girl left me. 
what I don't understand what they were going with that at all. Very good. All right, Reynolds, let's go to you on this one. Uh, I know you are very anti this WrestleMania, so I'm sure you got uh, some points, bullets here for this. Uh, but overall, what are the what are maybe the top two things that stood out to you about what they messed up? Uh, to me, number one, number one, I was pretty good on night one. I gave it a B plus. Okay, I liked it, and that was with stories that I thought were pretty trash. Braun Strowman at least had the cool thing where he ripped through the cage. It was a it was a good moment. The Cesaro Seth Rollins also very good. So night one I thought was pretty strong. I was very down on night two just because I thought it was a lot of just meandering BS. Like it wasn't a lot of really it wasn't a lot of really good stories going in, and they didn't do anything within those matches that I could think were even really to me redeeming. To James's point on the length of the the women's tag match, which was the second longest on the show outside of the the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they screwed up the timing on that. The I'm trying to think of, I think just overall, night two, the pacing was just horrific. Like, everything just, everything dragged. And it was like, that was where the difference was with night one, where it flowed nicely. Nothing nothing really sat too long, and they just went to that. And that's with a half-hour rain delay, that everything moved so much better. With night two, it's just like, okay, here's, you know, the Fiend stuff, and then here's like six or seven minutes that we're going to space out. And then another video package. By the way, okay, on the pacing, I, and then I'll finish up the points before I lose my own track on pacing. They sto- they started the show. They did the cold open. They repeated the the same thing from first night. Not that big a deal, but they repeated it. Then they did Randy Orton's full entrance. Then they did the video package for the Fiend Orton match. That's stupid. Like if you're gonna, and I'm assuming that was done as cover, so that way they could put the big box like structure there. Which, by the way, to commentary, that's a box. A box-like structure is a box. They, they could have done that during the cold open. Have the box there. Have Orton walk out and then just go like, what the hell's this, this and that. Have him be unsettled by it. Much more effective. For so, sure. A lot of instances like that to me were what they got wrong. And I'm not letting this one go. Michael Cole sucks. Okay? <laughs> you blow the call on the main event match. And that just reinforces what I've been saying for, for years, that he doesn't care. Look, anybody can make a mistake, and, and anybody can make a high-profile mistake. But to not be locked in on that match, that you made sure to put the historical context in at the beginning of it, shows how trash you are and how, how trash the system is. Fair enough. All right, last up, Rob. Uh, what did WrestleMania get wrong over the two nights? Well, for me, one of the first ones involved the New Day. Whether it's the tag team title match with Kofi and Xavier Woods dropping the straps to AJ Styles and almost, which even though AJ Styles did that phenomenal forearm uh, off of almost was really cool, you're talking about one of the more popular tag teams ever. What happens with that now? How does that? How does this even affect the tag team division? And then you look at uh, uh, Big E dropping to Apollo Crews, the, the Intercontinental Championship, the moment that you saw Big E come out with a big entrance and uh, the live performance, you knew he was going to lose because anyone who always gets those big entrances at WrestleMania doesn't seem like they ever go over. So now you have three guys that are three of the more popular. What does this mean for them now? And you put the championships on more less than stellar uh, wrestlers. Uh, the other one I looked at that 
women's tag team turmoil match had no business being on the main card. I mentioned it last week. I thought it should have been on SmackDown WrestleMania the night before. It should now have been on Now all of a sudden anything. you have to tell you. <laughs> if you wanted to have a women's match, I mean, go ahead. To watch, you know, you mentioned Mandy Rose before, slip and fall on her butt on the way out. And by the way, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, I don't even know which one's which anymore. They look identical <laughs> at this point. I mean, when blonde, they both have, you know, facelifts or whatever it is, and you're going to dress the same. I just, I was like, wait, which one is which at this point? Uh, also, one of the main ones, going back to that, though, you could have ended up just having the men's tag team title match on there. Same, uh, same time limit, 14 minutes right there. You could have, I mean, you get Dolph Ziggler, Robert Root. I know I'm the only guys who likes the both of them, but to see those guys on there, that would have been yeah, a much more satisfying match than the women's tag team turmoil. And then, for me, the last one, and it's just because I am a Sasha Banks fan, I have no disrespect in Bianca Belair winning the SmackDown's Women's Championship. She totally deserves it. However, this is now Sasha Banks being 0 for 6 at WrestleMania. She's easily one of the more popular performers you have. She is, without a doubt, I think the face of the women's division that everyone wants to see. I mean, we heard Charlotte Flair's promo on Raw the, the next night where, I mean, I don't want to see Charlotte Flair, and she's trying to make herself seem like everybody wants to see her. Sasha Banks is must-see TV. All of her matches, as you mentioned, uh, Reynolds, like the Randy Savage of this era. I just feel bad for her that if, if we make such a big deal about getting wins at WrestleMania, the fact that Sasha Banks doesn't have one yet in six years, I, I feel bad for her. All right, don't don't lose your mind. All right, don't get hung up on on records. And to the point on on being zero and six, that's just as good a story. She can't win on the big stage. As I said last week, that's a reverse Undertaker now. And now every WrestleMania match, people are going to be like, "Is this the one she finally wins?" They should really string that out for a while, so that way that first win actually means something. Like it means something big. You know, like her first. I, she's won it as a, as a baby face before I was going to say as the, as the Jericho thing, but you have a really significant moment available to you. That's a long-term story at play. I think that's fantastic. And Bianca winning is the right way to go to make her a bigger deal in the immediate moment. So you accomplish two things with that. I, I personally think that Sasha should have retained in the sense that I like it when faces have to chase the heel. But that being said, I agree with Reynolds' point about, you know, Sasha not being able to win at WrestleMania. I think that what they should build towards is three years from now, she's the one that finally beats Becky. I thought you were going to say Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yes, say. She's going to beat Brock, and then we just shut everything down. <laughs> All right. So you wouldn't have Becky lose for three years? I got to follow I up on that. Well, I mean at Mania. I mean at Mania. When I, I think so, that she's a big she's a big deal. But if every you're putting mania, her over in a yeah. main event at WrestleMania, the first women's main event ever to close the show, I really believe Becky should not lose at Mania for the next two years, and then I think that's the moment you give Sasha. Maybe however, win the Rumble, Becky treats her like trash and says you can't win the big one. I've already beat you multiple times. I know you're not capable of this. Blah blah blah. Kind of, the, kind of the Oscar thing where she Becky gets so big that she starts to believe in her own hype yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's a million ways to play that over the years, and I think if they, they set some stuff that they're probably not capable of, uh, it could be some real magic. But 
And by the we'll way, see. by the way, very quickly, uh, everybody wants to see Charlotte Flair. Just so you're aware, Ron. No, I don't. She's you're, a, you're on the right. No, amazing. I don't. No, I no, I do not want to see Charlotte Flair. That promo was absolute garbage. And then as soon as she ran out in the Oscar match, it was just like, okay, okay. And why did you do this? I mean, Oscar gets her 30 day rematch clause. It's probably going to be another good match against Rhea Ripley. But all of a sudden, here comes Charlotte. And then it, then it was Graves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's showing that she should be in the match and not the other two. Graves, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly say when you're saying that she belongs in a championship match and neither one belongs in there and either one could have done a champion. Like, Rob, I'm trying to tell this guy oh, that, that Charlotte is, you know, just like you have to be human to be interesting on the show. Oh, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Charlotte Absolutely. is Charlotte is wrestling's LeBron James. She oh, is that good, God. and people look for reasons to hate her. She's, and now her story and that promo was great, minus one thing. They had her going to different cameras like fifty-eight different times. I don't know what the hell was going on there, but she she can now stick it to every internet nerd like you guys that sit back and go like, oh, she doesn't belong here. She should win matches and then immediately go back, get on her phone. And go like, oh, you don't like that? Screw you, you nerd. <laughs> I, I feel, uh, I, I feel the the match that uh, Oscar and Ripley had at WrestleMania proved to me the talent of Charlotte because I felt Charlotte and Ripley had a much better match with absolutely zero fans. So I think Charlotte is a better. I think I don't know if Ripley is ready yet. I, I, I think they might be over pushing her right now. I don't know if she's ready to really have a great reign. I think she might be a year away from that. I, I, I kinda agree with you on that one. Reynolds and I kind of touched on this uh, off off, uh, off air. air. Yeah. Um, and, and we're kind of speculating maybe that there was either some hesitancy in her being so brand new and this being like a big spot for her in front of the WrestleMania crowd, or there might be the aspect, and Reynolds was pretty bit big on this, uh, Asuka kind of coming off that concussion. Maybe she wasn't quite ready, but they needed her in that spot to defend the raw women's title. So maybe there were some things going on in the background that we don't know about, uh, that could have contributed to kind of her not seeming like herself in that match. Right. Yeah. I did feel Oscar was a little off in that match and as well as Ripley, I feel like her timing was a little bit off. She just didn't feel as aggressive to me, but anyway, let's move along. Um, Rob, I'm going to stick with you on this one. Um, Let's, let's talk a little bit about NXT moving to Tuesday. Um, I think there was some mixed reviews on whether or not Karrion Cross would win this match at uh, TakeOver Stand and Deliver because Cross really kind of feels like a guy that is probably more suited for the main roster than the, the NXT version of, you know, the classic five-star matches we've seen with Andrade and and Gargano and Ciampa and Cross is more of that, you know, physical like presence, uh, larger, probably not a guy that you're going to have too many five-star matches with. What do you see from him going forward as NXT champion? I really think that he's going to have more of a program with Finn Balor still, where you could still have these two going for the NXT championship the entire time. Plus, when you add Scarlett with them as well, you already have something built in where, okay, maybe Cross is ready, but is she really ready? You know, you kind of want to keep it as a package the entire time. So, you know, in this instance, I think this is one where, like I said, he can really go and have a nice run here with Ben Ballard, kind of 
exchanging the, the championship back and forth with like a, you know, six months worth, maybe come, come SummerSlam. Yeah, maybe he is ready for the roster at that point. I also think that one thing that you really want are actual fans in the stands every single Monday or Friday. So when he comes out there, you want that reaction right away and not piped in noise the entire time. So that's why I think just right now, he, I mean, yes, he is ready, but just for that instance right now, he's not ready because they want that reaction from the fans right away. Okay, Reynolds, um, what do you think? I know um, you've been a little critical of my guy, Cross, or I and very say critical. me and James, guy, Cross. Um, yeah, I don't like it. You know, I, like well, it. I, I watched the promo tonight on NXT, and I saw the Cross that I really liked, and I saw the Cross that WWE is filtering him. And it was a mixed bag night. To me, it was one of his worst um, promos thus far uh, that did have some good notes on the end. But overall, not a great first promo on the first show on Tuesday. Yeah, I was surprised that they they went with him beating Balor because I don't know where else you go with him at, at this point in time in NXT. And it talked about it a little bit off air. was saying that, you know, maybe Pete Dunne. That kind of seems like the, the angle they're going. But I feel that Pete Dunne should be sticking to the I'm the best technical wrestler in the world and, and trying to prove that on a nightly basis because I would actually personally like to see that built up into him and Daniel Bryan at some point. But with, with Karrion Cross, I don't I don't know what's left for him to actually do. It kind of seemed like before the shoulder injury, where they were going to go with that was that DIY would have to reform to take him down. Like, he's that powerful. But then, you know, the shoulder injury, he takes time off. Now he takes care of well, he, the thing with Escobar. Then he does the thing with Balor. Now what is there? DIY, Gargano's got the way. That's not a fit. Champa's with, with Thatcher. And they're, you know, what were they? They're going after the tag titles now. You know what I mean? So it doesn't look like there's a real clear direction for him as the champion. The promo didn't really sell me on anything. I, I've been pretty critical on him since he's come up because I haven't thought any of his promos have been particularly great. He's got a great delivery, and his best thing is his eyes. But I, I've been consistent in saying I think Scarlett's been his best pre- part of the presentation since he's been part of this whole thing. So I, I was surprised that they kept it on him. I don't know what is next with him because I don't know who's available. I don't think it makes sense to sacrifice done to him already. Yeah, I'd be surprised if if he's still where he is by SummerSlam. I, I think that that probably is whoever they want to go with next should probably win that title around that time and then... Whether it's Raw or SmackDown, he should appear after SummerSlam or even during if they have something really good that they have cooked up. But I agree with you. I I, I don't see why. I, it, it's a surprising thing to me. Um, James, obviously, is a big cross guy. What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, it's cool that he's still undefeated in NXT. Um, the big win over Balor is a big deal. But but do you feel the same as these guys is that – does it feel like that he doesn't kind of belong there anymore, or do you think he has more legs to grow here? I, I'm a little torn. I I feel like he might be above NXT, but at the same time, I feel like he might not be ready for the main roster, so I think he's a little bit in a tweener situation there. But what I do think might happen with him having the strap, I do think that they're going to bring Johnny Wrestling back. And I think that's going to be one of his main rivals. I think it's going to be Johnny Wrestling – I think they're going to try to do the whole, you know, unstoppable big muscle guy versus one of the best technical wrestlers in the game. And I think they're going to try to use the emotion on the crowd with that. So I think, I think that's going to be the next program. 
I think you're out of your mind on that. They're not going to sacrifice the way and all the entertaining stuff, especially like what they did in the main event. That's too good an undercard story for the North American Championship. I I kind of I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I kind of like where James is thinking. And and to your to your point, I think that I guess right now we're in April, right? So I mean, we're still a good four months away from SummerSlam. I I think that if they extended the cross run to say like survivor series there's a world where you get another three to four good months out of the way and you could maybe get into this gargano like getting back to who he was and going after cross i don't think to that's be the best i don't think that's the move if you are going to do that i think really? if if you are going to go cross gargano then you actually do cross the the noble warrior mm. against the scumbag that way you keep the way whole but and then you make that thing with her and him and scarlet a little weird well because they've just been so dark and like you know the fiend and and alexa bliss were (laughs) i don't agree with that either (laughs) it's like murderous energy versus if johnny wrestling goes back to that like the the emotion he invokes in matches with his you know coming underneath so i think with that style i think they can have a real great match of course they can, because it's Johnny Gargano. He can carry him <laughs> to a great match. But the point is, you're giving up too much if you rush, if you rush out of the way, just to do, you know, a, a babyface challenger to to carry and cross. You don't get as much out of it. I think you build that up, and you can get to some great mixed tag stuff. Because I mean, I've heard Scarlett's a wrestler. NXT doesn't want me to believe that in any way. But at some point in time, she's got to team up with him. And what better challengers than Johnny and Candice? Fair enough. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, that's a uh, win. That's a win. That's a win. <laughs> Mark it down. I would have, but then you just, you Mark know, Pat, you did the Barry Horowitz Mark again, a nine, so dude. Mark a nine. <laughs> it, was, it was my point anyway. Anyway. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the next segment on the show. Uh, it's a new one for us called Visionary Booking. I want to see what these guys are capable of coming up with to uh, go from one WrestleMania to the next. So the question is, each guy, give me your best WrestleMania story to book towards WrestleMania 38. And we're going to start with Rob on this one. Well, I think the best one is going to be for WrestleMania 38, and you're going to hear me say it often, is keep building Roman Reigns. And I think one thing you could possibly do for that is that all of a sudden, here comes Brock Lesnar back. And all of a sudden, you're going to have, oh, Where's Paul Heyman's, you know, loyalty lies? Is it going to be Roman Reigns or is it Brock Lesnar? We know it would be Brock Lesnar. But you would get like the Battle of the Bulls at the very end where it's going to come down to, okay, which one is the one that, you know, does WWE really want to keep the title on? The best thing about Reigns, because I think he can be a Brock Lesnar type for a full year, he's there every week. He's going to be at every pay-per-view. It's not going to be, well, well, this is the two months that, uh, you know, Reigns goes back home, just like how Lesnar does. So for on this one, though, you just keep building Reigns up and up and up, and no matter what, just make him the unbeatable champion. I don't think he loses the title for an entire year. He's going to be just the guy that everybody wants to see. As, as Reynolds will hopefully tell you, I've been saying for a while that I don't think Roman Reigns should even – have a thought of losing this championship until WrestleMania 38. And that's only if they have a face that's ready for that moment. Um, I was very happy that they stuck with him. I think he's by far the best character they have. They're doing a great job with him. He's finally evolved into that person that I think that Vince always imagined him to be. 
Uh, it just took Reigns to finally go to Vince and say, like, look, I need to be a bad guy. That's where I'm going to be great. And he's he's been crushing it. Um, my big question, I'll say, my big question to you is though, there's no face on the roster right now that I would ever consider saying, "Oh, he should be beating Reigns at any point." So within a full year, they have to build someone up to actually be a legit contender for him. Sure, where I, they find whether it's at NXT or they bring it someone <laughs> from another spot. Oh yeah, like I want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think or, or, or what, but. So, so comes back. we're we're in the very early stages, right? And ideally, if you're going to have Reigns, in my opinion, if you're going to have Reigns drop this title, it needs to be somebody they can actually build things around as well as Reigns. In theory, the next Drew McIntyre, right? A face character that they can have on Good Morning America and things like that. So the first guy that I think has potential to be that guy is hold Big on, E. Hold on, you're giving away the answers here. Oh, am I? Yeah, like let's let James right. go. Don't don't give people ideas. All right, apologies, apologies. See, geez, who's the host of this show? Um, no, but he makes a good point. Reynolds, on to you, brother. What is your best WrestleMania story to book? Oh, uh, the answer's Big E. Uh, <laughs> honestly, took that, that straight from me. Yeah, Unreal. that's where I was going. But I, to your credit, you were the first person to say this to me of saying Roman shouldn't lose that title until WrestleMania 38 at the earliest. And at first, when I heard it, I thought, I don't think that you can do that with the attention spans nowadays. As Roman got stronger and stronger, I thought to myself, that actually kind of works. You know, and you had enough guys, like you had Daniel Bryan that could be your hard luck loser to make Roman look even stronger and not lose face. So I, I think it's a great idea. I think Big E, I've been on this for, you know, since he won, like, since before he won the Intercontinental Championship, I didn't think he should have won it over Sammy. What, back on the Christmas SmackDown? Yep, yep. You know, so I think you take Big E. I, I did not want to see him lose the championship to Apollo Crews. I, I thought I would like to have seen and he actually mentioned it in a in a talking smack promo, hold that title for a year, then lose it, and then go on to to go and take uh Roman Reigns. Mm. You could still get there with him losing to Apollo Crews because of Davicato. Basically, what you do is now you have to have him go on the you know the destruction tour. So he has to get past Davicato now. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be chasing Apollo Cruz for a little bit, probably around Money in the Bank. Finally gets paid. You know, he has a big, I don't know, street fight or whatever with with Davicato. Gets past him, takes out the whatever they're gonna call him, com- commander, commandant, whatever. Yeah. Then he gets past Apollo Cruz. Then he has about like a six month reign with the IC title, where he's having matches with guys like Cesaro, Seth Rollins, this and that, and he's turning away all challengers. Biggie's just getting stronger, 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 stronger. Then something around, you know, I would say Survivor Series maybe a month after, just just before the Royal Rumble, somebody screws him over, right? Drops the title. He's got to pick himself back up, so he dedicates himself, and then he loses definitively. Mm-hmm. Then he sets his sights on the Royal Rumble, and he runs, you know, he runs the table in the Royal Rumble. He Roman Reigns now looks at him. You have Roman come out after the Rumble, look at him almost like uh the Night King on Game of Thrones at the end of Hard Home, where he sees Jon Snow and he's like, "This guy's a problem." You know what I mean? Like, so Roman yeah. kind of has that acknowledgement, and then he you know starts throwing things his way. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, by that time, who knows? Jimmy Uso should be back by that point in time. But you know, you keep throwing that kind of stuff out there to kind of deter him. Big E, depending on where he is with the with what I assume would be crowds back at that point in time, Big E could then lose, right? And he's just like, "Oh, he was he was right there." Another calendar year of the chase. 
right? And then that includes, you know, probably, mm-hmm. you know, probably having to go after the Intercontinental title again, something like that. But on the second year, WrestleMania 39, Roman's throwing more stuff at him. What happens? New Day's backing him up. You know nice. what I mean? He's yeah, got yeah. his he's got his boys back, and the power of positivity takes down the crime boss. I like it. I, I will say, as Reynolds, you know, smartly cut me off because that was clearly where he was going to go with uh, things. Um, you know, I, I at this moment, and granted, things can change. You can, you know, somebody can get hot like Daniel Bryan did, and they deserve that moment or that spot, whether it's a win or a loss. It, it happens. What I will say is, if if it were me, and Biggie is the guy I'm thinking about at this moment to be the guy to challenge Roman, win or loss at WrestleMania 38, I would immediately on SmackDown start with him and Seth Rollins. Whether it's Seth Rollins like makes fun of him for losing, and then Biggie fires back okay. at him. Weren't you the guy spinning in a circle like 27 times at WrestleMania, yeah. and then bang, you start him off with a guy that is capable of that main event level. And we get to see, like, if we work him 20 minutes, what are we going to get out of him? Do, do, is, it, can he reach those levels? Is the crowd reacting to him? Whatever. And the reason I say that is I'd ra- I'd like to put him in with a main eventer right away because I feel like I'd love to see him get the trial run at Rome and at a SummerSlam and to lose. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the process of, Ah, he's not good enough. He's not he's not a main event guy. And I'm not saying a B plus player, but like I would love to see that transition of he's gotta reach that next level. And whether he wins, he's a sole survivor at Survivor Series, and then maybe he wins the rumble. And you really get that progression of his career and him keeping just climbing mountain after mountain. And now it's like I'm staring Roman back in the face, and it's like I'm not the same guy I was at SummerSlam that title's coming to me. And I feel like the crowd at that point would really buy into it. And you could still eventually say, is he, is he there? Or is he where we want him to be? And you'd also have the buffer to say at SummerSlam, we weren't impressed with his match with Roman. So he's not our guy. And now we can shift and say, okay, let who else, who else could be the guy at 38? I like where you're going with that. Speeding up the timeline and stuff like that. The reason I kind of like my idea better is because I said it. <laughs> it no, but it's it's also I like the idea of reestablishing the Intercontinental Title and Biggie yeah, sure. Biggie doing that. I think that's would not go, bad either. Yeah, it would go a long way to the to the same thing. I think we mm-hmm. just have the the same idea, just different ways of getting sure. there. So I don't think we've heard from James on what his, his we're we're, is. we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Um, I just thought this was a fun moment because we all have like you know ideas of you know what we'd like to see on the product and you know wrestlemania only comes once a year so i think you know whereas most shows you're going to get the recap of what happened every week like you know you're insane if you keep watching raw every week so uh reynolds i, had a, I, had a gun I feel pow- <laughs> i feel i feel horrible um but I don't that watch being Raw. said, I don't watch Raw. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank when, you to everyone that was liking that. Yeah. I have no followers yet from the show, but we'll Which, get What there. is your Twitter handle? Uh, oh, it's a good point. Uh, my Twitter handle is MASHHOST. Nice and simple. Unlike all these guys who have numbers. He loves the uh, TV show, MASH. <laughs> that's XS. Man, see? Live TV. <laughs> XS Mashman to you, sir. All right. Anyway. My man, James, what is your idea for WrestleMania 38? I think we, you know, we scrapped the rocket to Miss Air, and I think we have her storyline be kind of like 
CM Punk's ring, where at first it, it was the baby face and he's winning the matches, coming up underneath. But then it kind of slow burns to, I don't feel respected enough. I don't think you fans like me enough, you know, and it turns a little bit darker towards. So, so it, it will have a shift of her character. But I think right now he's a little bit too much smiling, a little too much hair, you know, twirling. So I think, you know, we start off with that, but then throughout the year, have her have the belt all the way into WrestleMania. So that way, that match that they had, historic match, had some meaning to it because the person who won that match kept the strap all the way to, to the next WrestleMania. And then while her whole character changed dynamic, where, where she goes from, you know, just good, confident person to arrogant, cocky heel that you can't wait to lose the belt. I would just disagree on one thing that he said there. No matter <laughs> no matter what happens, that match has meaning. Like, the, there's no matter what happens going forward, even if they completely blow the follow-up, that match will always have meaning. It was that Absolutely. good, and it was perfect for that moment in time. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's move on to the next segment. Uh, we have the usual push or bury. Uh, this will be the AEW edition. We'll start with Reynolds. I gave you guys three tough ones this week uh, to where you feel like you guys should, they should be on the card, so to say. So, Reynolds, I'll start with you. The Young Bucks, should they be up or down on the card? Push or bury them? Yeah, I, I said to you before you even start the show, is like, I, I, you can't bury anybody in this. Like, you know, that's if we're taking the literal context of what bury means. If, if you're saying as far as, you know, what you just asked, right, raise or lower their position on the yep. card. They're the young bucks. You raise their position on the card. Okay. They are. They're not quite the tag team standard because that's FTR. <laughs> but this is their. This is their reign as the team that wants to define tag team wrestling or redefine tag team wrestling. The reign has to mean something, and kind of to this point, they really haven't done a whole lot with it. So you need those matches where they're running through teams. Like I think this week they have Pack and Ray Phoenix. Right, which is not a real tag team. You need to go through like the Jurassic Express, you know, and and if they're gonna do this turn thing, which I'm not necessarily a big fan of, of where they joined, uh, you know, Kenny Omega and, and and Good Brothers, you know, then you got to start kind of, you know, Jurassic Express, perfect tag team to do this to, take out Jungle Boy, right, and and really show some, you know, some viciousness and and some desperation that you need to stay on top. So that way, when the next tag team runs around and takes the takes the titles off you, which should be, if they actually go through and have these great matches by, uh, what is it, All Out is the, the September one, mm-hmm. right? That's the first time. Like, they should get through Double or Nothing, get through most of the summer, and then All Out maybe if, so, if someone's around there. You know, you could possibly do, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of, of quick turns and whatnot, you know, of, of the rematch with FTR, at full at full gear again, but with the alignments changed or whatnot. But I'm not necessarily a fan of that because I like FTR where they are right now. Yeah. But my point is that you just you gotta they gotta be almost like uh, like the TNT Championship, like on a, on a week, not necessarily defending the titles, but they gotta be on the show and in action and, and making those titles. Like once a month, they should be defending the titles. So to me, that's what I would do with them is is just send them out there tag team after tag team, and they're just setting them down until. I can't even think of right now who would actually be ready. Like maybe best friends. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I was if it's not FTR at all out, is there a team that you would say like let's put the straps on them and see how they do with it? 
not not right now. Like I think I think best friends could be fine, you know. But I the, the big idea I've had for a little bit right now, and I think this should happen at Double or Nothing, and this could actually work in, into the favor of the scumbagger return. Is SCU has that stipulation that they put on themselves that that AEW has not made the most of yet. But the next time they lose in a tag team match, that Kazarian and, and Daniels are going to split, mm. right? So build them right now. I believe they're the number one ranked tag team SCU. So you have them, you know, get this run. They have their tag team title match at Double or Nothing, and you know the, the history between the Bucks and SCU, and and they're like, look, you know, may the best team win, and then the Bucks screw them over. Yeah. Right? Really sink it in. They've split the tag team. They're a big enough tag team that can do it. There's history there. And then... That you know, seems like what they'll go to with. I, 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 I think, think they should. Onto that. I think you're yeah. onto that. I think that's probably where they're going to go. If that's if that's a true stipulation, that's one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. That seems like a, a very smart thing for them to do. Yeah. And, I, and you know, to answer the question, I think probably best friends right now, I think, would be the best position team to take the titles off the Bucks. If FTR doesn't switch... Yeah, right. which I don't think they well, should. They should, yeah. Because it can, a pinnacle and everything. Yes. All right, James, uh, you're up next. Pusher Barry, the inner circle. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to uh, bury them, but not, you know, we're, we're not going to, you know, put a lot of emphasis on that word. <laughs> I, I think it's more of uh, building up or putting over my boy MJF. I think this is the perfect situation to build him into a very credible person for that, for that brand, for that organization. I think you have them go into this program with the inner circle, go at it with Jericho, have a blowout match where it's him and Jericho, the winner of that match between them two, really, you know, gets the bragging rights for the group. And I think that way you have a match that everyone's captivated and wants to watch. And I think MJF should go over Jericho in that match. Other than blood and guts, because that's coming up in about three weeks. Like that's the big MJ uh, pinnacle versus what's the what's inner circle. Like, do you do it there, or do you do more? Um, I think at that one, you, you can you can have a traditional, uh, you, you know, maybe like a you know, stable versus stable, and then build that into that match for the next pay to be the blowout between Jericho and JF. I like that. That's good. Do you? Uh, so so with that, let's say we're putting Pinnacle over. Do you? Would at that point, are you entertaining some type of an inner circle breakup or would you just keep them kind of status quo for a new group or whatever? They, I they think it do? has to be clean. I think it has to be pinnacle beating, uh, you know, the inner circle. You know, I, I think if it's, if, a, if it's a, betray, a betrayal storyline, like say Sammy causes them or, you know, Hager oh, no. causes them. I mean, like after the fact, like you, I, I feel like you explained it really well that pinnacle just goes over the group, they're all together. But I mean, after that point, do you do you start to break them up? Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. Be? I think you definitely have MJF turn on all of them because he makes him the most despicable heel because he has them work hard and help him the whole time to beat Inner Circle, and then the minute they do, he just gets rid of them. Like, oh, thanks for that, and now you know, get rid, good riddance. I don't need you guys. Oh, so okay. I think it builds. A, so you're going the, the route crowd hating him. You're going the route that that MGF just gets rid of uh, Pinnacle instead of the inner circle breaking up. He had a good idea and then he lost it right there. That's the, <laughs> there's no there's no, 575 no, factions in in AEW. MGF is not going alone. It's called character development. You you use the stable to get the heat for him it, you, it, you, instead you, of having him in, in a stable. You know over you know over burning it out. No use the stable to have the crowd hate him. Like, oh, man, he used all these dudes' hard work, 
to beat Inner Circle and beat Jericho, and then he kicked him onto the curb. That's that dude. <laughs> like, you know, like that's what you're trying to build. As currently constructed, that is not even close to to the character development MJF. He's a guy that sees the landscape as a whole and moves ahead. And again, with with so many different factions out there, he is not going to cut loose the bait this quickly. In fairness to this idea that James is coming up with, I will say it would get FTR to where you need them to be to take the titles from the Bucks later on in the year. But you know, I don't think you get as a whole. I, as I'm much not out sure. Of that. I'm not sure the story is technically flushed out yet, but it would be one of those things you'd obviously write over months. So yeah, I also don't think like in, in that in the grand scheme of things, as everything's currently constructed in AEW, mm-hmm. that does not seem like a move MJF would make. I would say, if anything, with that, you kind of have to have it where, okay, we have the inner circle versus pinnacle. Whoever loses, this is after so many months, you must disband as a group. So at that point, I don't see the inner circle losing. It would be pinnacle. And now you just get FTR back out there, and they make those runs for the tag team titles. And because, like we said, they don't need to be in a group. So at that point, it just kind of separates with that, and you still stick with MJF going against, Chris Jericho the entire time because now MGF can go back and say, oh, it's because of you, Chris Jericho, that now I don't even have anybody with me. It's because because of you in the inner circle. You know, that's why there's no more pinnacle. That that would be one of the better things for the inner circle. There's no reason to really break up the inner circle at all. And at this point, they're, they're really still like, because they were the very first group in AEW, you don't want to see those guys break up at all. And you don't really want to see them lose at all. They're starting to get over now as faces, which is really like, I mean, it's, they, you talk about the, the range. We always knew that Jericho had it, but it helps with other guys too. And who would ever think you'd cheer for Jake Hager? I mean, that was one of the guys you always booed. Now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this guy really is a badass out there. You know, I like seeing him out there just, just beat up people the entire time. I, I like, I like that aspect. I think, I think my, my dream end result of this feud is that both factions get destroyed somehow? That would be that, great. I think that ultimately, because it because the inner many. circle. Well, yeah, there's the too many aspect, but I think like the inner circle will have essentially ran its course, and then I think MJF doesn't have necessarily. I feel like the perfect group to be a horseman, so to say, as everyone's trying to make them. Um, I think somewhere out there, there's probably a group of three guys that can be the right, the right mesh for him. Um, but I think like FTR as an example is too over as their own unit to be in a group versus like Rick and the four horsemen gimmick kind of elevated. I think Arn and Tully back in the day versus they were already established. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I, I think there's still another, I guess there's another faction someday for MJF that I see down the line when he's champion that would make more sense, I guess, from where he'll be on the card. I'm just not a fan. Like, they put in all that work of the great layering of, I was building this the whole time, Chris, to break it up so quickly after sure. it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's my big issue with that. And I will say, as far as the inner circle breaking up, I've been wanting Santana and Ortiz to leave for a long time because I think they are so much better than just being a, a side yeah. attraction within that group. They are, they are probably the team the most that if you see them on Dark and if you see them on Dynamite, you're seeing two extremely different versions. They are brutal on Dark. It's awesome. 
Nice. And I want to see more of that going forward. So that's, to me, that's where I would break up the inner circle. Plus, I think Chris Jericho wants to do tour dates with Fozzie somewhere in the next couple months anyway. Well, and you've, you know, you've heard me talk about Santana Ortiz and how I'm a huge Ortiz guy for sure. Oh, yeah. I've mentioned him multiple times. (laughs) Totally my guy. All right, Rob. uh, Last one up here, Pusher Barry, before we get to the cut for the night. uh, John Moxley. Mox is my guy, and I love what they're doing with him right now because after you lose the title to Kenny Omega, you keep putting people with him, then all of a sudden they turn on him. And, you know, as much as we don't think that, okay, the Young Bucks, yeah, it may not look good as they turned, and they're with the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega and Don Callis now, it just gives you even more of being, here's John Moxley, the crazy lone wolf. He's out there. He's going to take on everybody. He's going to get to that point over at Double or Nothing. That's when he takes out Kenny Omega. Or if it's at the event after that. Kenny, uh, John Moxley signing for AEW was still one of the biggest things that they ever did. Because it was the first person you could say jump from WWE over to AEW. So he's, in many respects, I don't want to say the face of it because we know that's Cody Rhodes everybody wants to see Mox out there you give him the mic at the end of the night and then he goes out there and says oh come on Kenny you didn't even build a good enough exploding ring you know you just keep giving where people are like yeah yeah Mox is right Moxley's right if he just takes on everybody all the the bigger ones the smaller ones it don't matter I mean John John Moxley is like must see TV with just the crazy stuff he does the entire time and he's someone that I think hey if you give him the title you know He's someone that people rally around. It's sort of like you, you say certain wrestlers, they don't need a championship. I think Moxley actually needs the championship. I don't want to see him really chase after it. He's sort of like this modern-day Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just give him the title. Let him just be that kind of guy where you, you say, hey, what's going to happen with Moxley tonight? And just keep on rolling with it. He, he's just so entertaining every single time he goes out. Well, the point on, on Moxley being Stone Cold, Stone Cold always said he was much better in the chase. So that kind of undercuts your point uh, going against that. He don't, I don't think See, he I needs a title at all. I, really? What? See, I, I just, I'd like him as a champion. So you knew he was going to have the last match of the night. You know that he's going to be the one that, hey, you kind of see it. It's going to just be just an off-the-wall match. He's going to come out on top, and everybody goes home happy. See, it's funny. I So... I agree with what Reynolds said because he was trying to counter your point. However, I think Rob is right in the sense that it is the opposite of Stone Cold, even though his character is like Stone Cold. I think he actually does need the title if you're going to make him still one of the big attractions of this company. I still think he needs more runs, especially because of the pandemic. You got to get him in front of more crowds with the title to be the guy. And if you just kind of let him fall behind, I think you're going to lose that momentum. And then when you put the title back on him, it's just not going to be as big of a deal. Have you guys seen his promos at all? Like, have you guys (laughs) heard this guy talk on the mic? Like, he could sell anything. He's great. And he's got his own unique, he's got his own unique style. The company is so new. Everything he's doing is is directed towards, all right, I'm getting back toward the title. Oh, but I have this side mission here. The title's always the focus, and he's on the hunt. But there's other stuff he can be doing, you know? Like, I mean, I don't think he necessarily needs the title. I think Omega needs the title right now. Right now, yes. Yeah. Right now, yes. I, I'm just saying that 
that to Rob's point, I think that there's an element to the company being so new, having this like start stop stuff with the company and live audiences and stuff. Cause Mox was over like the crowd loved Mox. Like, you know, it, it, it was what it was. Um, and I think that it, it, if they're able to give him more of a run and I, I'm not saying it should be uh, like a year and a half or anything, but like if it's, you know, like four months, five months, whatever. Like, I think it, I think it's important for him to get one more, um, run with the belt just to be one of, again, the top guys in the company. Cause you're right, Reynolds, he can, he could do whatever. He's one of the top guys in our eyes. I'm looking at it more from like the TNT audience and things like that. Yeah. I, I, to me, I think you get more at it with Mox as the, as this featured attraction, that can carry pretty much any segment he's in. And meanwhile, the title raises the stock of somebody else because I think right now the path that we're on, and this would be an awesome story, is one year to the day at full gear, Hangman Page lost the number one contenders tournament to Kenny Omega, comes back to reclaim the championship the next year. You know, depending on... And I, I feel they have dropped the ball with him, bro. Like, who, I, Hangman? I, yeah, like... I felt like going into going into their like you know infancy, he had so much momentum. Like he was like on the same level, you know, as Omega, Young Bucks. You know, they're really like pushing him as a as like a you know cornerstone of a company. And I feel like they haven't really done anything with him. You're so, out. Of, you're out of your mind. This guy's got the best long term story going in the company <laughs> right now. He competed well, well, with Jericho for the for the first championship, yeah. showing that he's on that level. He failed. Yep. Then he failed again against Omega. It's a redemption story. Then there's the stuff with Kenny will be able to turn the personal stuff with the elite against him. There's so many layers to what they're doing right now. Him d- developing trust good, with the Dark Order. The creative one is not good. I feel like the story is good. Their their delivery of it has not been good. I, I think I agree with both of you in a sense. because oh, no, aside, we're at war. No, no, no it's true. I, I think I think Reynolds is right in that there's a long term story with with Hangman Page that actually I think the payoff eventually becomes he'll he'll almost kind of be like this AEW Daniel Bryan without like the WWE like forcing him down the card because they're obviously not doing that they they think the world of the guy but to James' point I hate the Dark Order stuff I think that that it it puts him like kind of almost on the upper mid card. And I don't think he belongs there. I think he should be higher than that. It, it's a messy storyline. A lot of that obviously has to do with the death of Brody Lee. And there's just some weird stuff that happened there. I do think they should break him away from that and get him into a more serious role where his feuds matter more. But, but yeah. The thing is that you need these times to kind of cool off sure. to, to come back up. So him trying to find trust again with the dark order that works for right now. And to kind of try and keep that, keep that group established before they kind of all lose their minds. The, but I think that's why yeah. guys like James are looking at it like creatives yeah. dropping the ball on this guy because they've let they've let him fall too far down. But the I card. think I think a lot of times you know fans when they they see a guy and he's not doing exactly he's not doing something very prominent and prominent's not the right word but in yeah. a high profile yeah they're not doing a high profile like thing upper mid card yeah. lower main event type of stuff they're like oh they're not doing anything that guy. no they are you got to have time away and be like you know oh this is again i, I look kind of kind of like video games in a way is that you have to have these side quests <laughs> you know and you and you go off and you're like you know for you know legend of zelda okay oh we got to save the horse now or we got to get the hook shot mm-hmm. he's building out these tools 
for that way when he comes back to unseat the ultimate bad guy. Like, this stuff takes time, and you have to kind of let it develop. This is where when WWE starts turning on their fans and they're like, nobody will let us do long-term storytelling. Well, they're not doing it as layered and as good as AEW is. In the, I'm going to say in the case of Hangman Page. There are other <laughs> stories where AEW is dropping the ball. Well, I again, I, I will agree with James on the aspect that I, I, I'm not a big fan of the Dark Order storyline. I still think that you could keep him a little higher on the card than what they're dealing with. Uh, James, real quick, do you have a... A comment on on kind of what we were just discussing there, since it was your your original point. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think all you really have to do, and I agree with both of you guys. I, I do agree with Reynolds. I do agree that that's one of their best stories they're trying to do. But I agree with you as well that you get them away from the dark order. Just you know, just get them away from that, and get them really, really on the redemption. Like, all right, I I, I faltered in in, in situations. And I'm done with that. I'm done with, with losing. And I'm, I'm going to be the champion. And I'm going to show people that I'm the most talented, you know, out of the group. You know, like, I'm not the forgotten one. I'm, the, I'm not the Gennady. I'm Michael. Give me Hangman Cody. I can, I can get with that towards somewhere around All mm-hmm. Out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, again, build that up. But yeah. you, don't, you don't need that right. Right now, the other thing, too, is he just got – it's almost like he just got out of a serious relationship. <laughs> So now he's just having he's just having dumb fun with his frat buddies, you know. Like that's that's kind of where they're at. and there's like a development to that. It's it's very cool. I get I get it. I get I get the I, path. I, I just yeah. feel like it's a little too low of a dip. That that's all. That's my okay. Only so we just we disagree on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That's cool. It's America. You guys can be wrong. <laughs> I fought for your freedom. That's the only reason I don't tell you you're wrong all the time. All right, all right, fellas. Well, we have made it to the point of the cut. Um. A great battle, as always, between the three of you gentlemen. Um, this week, I'm afraid I'm going to have to take the interim title away from Rob. My man, oh. I apologize. I know I've cut you twice, so there's a mini feud brewing here, I think, between us. Uh, nothing personal. Uh, I just thought that uh, James and Reynolds were on top of their game uh, this week, and Reynolds, of course, is our reigning champion, and so it's going to take – a massive undertaking to beat him. So um, we will catch you later in the show, my man. Well, Axe Smashman, just wait for the Warlord Barbarian to be coming at you, <laughs> Survivor Series style. I may have a little Mr. Fuji with me as well. Hey, we've dealt with Fuji, the Stooge, in the past. It'll be no different. <laughs> Oh, all right. Moving on to the main event. Reynolds defending his title against James. Here we go. We'll start with James, the challenger. Should anyone beat Roman for the title before WrestleMania 38? And if so, who? Absolutely not. I think old goat Roman should go into WrestleMania 38 as champion and face his cousin, the rock. You know, I, I, you know, that's money right there. You have Roman absolute, absolutely dominate the SmackDown roster going all the way to WrestleMania 38. He's just abusing everyone. He's just a big bully. No way to stop him. And all of a sudden, one night, he's, he's having a great promo. And all, out of nowhere, you just hear that rock music. The crowd goes crazy. He comes down and says, hey, I'm, I'm taking it from you. I'm the real head of the table. I'm the real head of our family. And I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. And I think you have, you know, a classic, you know, situation and he's gonna make a lot of money so i think when you you can bridge the gap of it making a lot of money and it being a good product 
You should always do that. All right, same question to you, Reynolds. Should Roman hold the title through WrestleMania 38, or should someone knock him off the ladder? Well, I mean, we talked about this early in the show, right? The big long-term booking angle. No, I don't think anybody should beat Roman Reigns going even before WrestleMania 38. You should have interesting challengers. Like, we talked about this a little bit last week on the show as you build up a guy like Cesaro at a pay-per-view like Money in the Bank or something like that to have that, you know, that kind of moment and then, you know, ultimately fails because Roman's just on a different level. And you use that throughout the year to raise the stock of a lot of guys. Like, you know, and you almost use that as a measuring stick. You know, oh, Cesaro went this close to Roman Reigns. And then, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else on the roster at this point. There's not a great well, set of Well, the draft is probably coming. So you might get Orton I don't know on what that. I don't know what they're they're doing with that, to be honest. I don't like the idea of having, you know, the the post-WrestleMania exchange of talents and then the draft six months later. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's too much and it makes things too messy when you're when you're doing that it really, stuff. It really should be the the week after. I think like it should be next week for yes Raw, as an example. Ab- I, I like it being right after Mania. But Let's so just chop everything up. Raise the raise the stock of the guys on on what do you call it uh, on the SmackDown roster throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Give them give them all their shot and then find out what you have in people and see how see who's reacting and see who does well opposite Roman. And you're using that. And then WrestleMania 30, I mean, I'm a big believer. I think I think it's Big E. I think he is the guy. So you, you take that on there. It That being said, I think James is probably right. They probably do pull the trigger on the rock thing. You know, it's going to be in Texas. They want to, anything, any amount of fans they put in there that's yep. less than when they were at WrestleMania 32 is going to look like a huge regression from where they were the last time they were there. So I, I think that they're going to bring in all hands on deck, and part of that's going to be old Dwayne. So I'm going to push back to you real quick just yeah. to get just to get the final answer. If if that doesn't work out, and Rock has his 97 million dollars worth of movies that he's got to make, if Big E's your guy, does Big E win that night, or does Roman retain? No, in my scenario that I that I pointed to earlier, I think he fails, and it's, I think it's a two year progression okay. for Big E. Cool. And at 39, now I will say the caveat is. If the crowd is really, really behind him by 38, then do it. Yeah, then you might call an audible at that situation. Okay. All right. Well, we'll stick with Reynolds here for question number two. Uh, and, you know, I, was, I wasn't quite sure when we made this uh, rundown if Becky Lynch would make her appearance on Raw. She did not. And as of this recording, we have not seen SmackDown on Friday. Um, so what would you do with Becky Lynch when she decides to return to WWE? I think the obvious answer right now is Bailey, because I thought they should have done it at WrestleMania. I thought that was the the big moment for it. I think the crowd was really really ready for it. She was teasing it. Bailey's the perfect foil right now because she's not the champ. And again, this goes back to you know not everybody needs to be in the in a high profile. Again, is not the right word that I want to use, but they don't need to be in the title scene all the time. Sometimes you just need a good meaty story, and Bailey's in that where she could be goofy talk show host thing and take a loss and be okay, and then find find a way to get serious later on. So she's the perfect first opponent for Becky to reestablish. Because one of the things I was I was suggesting, again, I'm glad they didn't do this because what they could have done was Sasha retains against Bianca at WrestleMania, then she's beaten down Bianca right too close a call. She's gonna try and cripple her. Becky's music hits. Too many reasons not to do that. You know, too much a risk, and and the, what we got was perfect, mm-hmm. right? But that that going said, what I the long term aspect of that would have been 
Becky and Sha- and Sasha, Becky fails. Sasha's like, hey, you're not the same since you've become a mom. Claims that she's soft, this and that. Becky goes through self-doubt, blah, 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 blah. Use that to actually get somebody else uh, a big signature win. And then Becky resets, you know, I don't know, looks at the kid and, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm fighting for, blah, 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 blah. And then just really supercharges the rest of the year on a path to getting getting to Sasha Banks. I think that's the longer-term play. As far as right now, the thing is with her teasing, we talked a little bit about this off the air. She teased it so much that I think if she comes back on SmackDown, it's going to lessen the impact because people were so primed for it, whatever, at that time, six days six days prior, that now it's just going to be like, okay, there she is now. You know, like the the moment was to punch Bailey. It didn't. That was should not have been the Bellas. But when she comes back now, I, I think you just space it out. Maybe she doesn't come back till SummerSlam. You know, give, give it time. Let people kind of reset and then wonder where the hell is she. And then I think you reassess where you are with the with the women's division at that point in time because maybe Bailey's not doing the same stuff at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so, I, I let somebody else build up. I I, I don't know. I think Bailey kind of is the perfect person because. She hasn't really gone at a one-on-one on the main roster. It's a fresh mashup for her. We've seen Sasha in, in Hell in a Cell. You know, I, I think Bianca's still too relatively new. Although you could do if Bianca's got enough steam by her. And I'm just coming up with this now. <laughs> All right. Is Bianca is having this great run. And at SummerSlam, Becky comes back to take it all away from her. Flip alignments. Becky's the man, but the worst version of the man, a white man. (laughs) All right. Well, that was quite an interesting angle there. Um, All right, James, what are your thoughts? Uh, What do you do if you're in charge and Becky Lynch is back? Uh, What I do is I don't have a comeback right away. I have a comeback a little bit. I have Bianca win, I would say, about a couple programs have Bianca hot on fire around SummerSlam and have Bianca, have Becky come back and have, hey, hey, young buck, it, it's still it's still my company. You know, you, you had a good little run. Thanks for keeping the belt warm, but I'm about to take it. So so then you have, you know, two sides. You have a big fight field. You have someone who, no, nah, it's my time. It's my era. And I, this is my time in, in Bel Air. And then you have the old, you know, veteran, you know, a future Hall of Famer saying, hey, you're not good enough yet. So I, I think you have, you know, that type of match, a good buildup. And I think those two can really have a, you know, tear the house down type of match. Right on. All right, last question. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to just put one thing out oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know I said the white man. The joke was just that white people are terrible. <laughs> I did not want it to be a whole race thing going into the Becky Bianca thing because I don't think WWE can handle the nuance of that. Well, that's very true. So let's not give them any ideas because <laughs> it's probably where they're taking him from his podcast. All right. James, uh, last question out the gate, my man. Can you take the title from Reynolds? We might find out here in this question. Who wins the feud between the pinnacle and inner circle, and what is the fallout of that result? I think uh, what happens there is uh, Jericho does, you know, like does the Undertaker move, pays it forward, and makes, you know, MJF, you know, a star. That's what I feel the whole of this should be it should be to build stars you know AEW is a new company you got you guys want to compete with WWE you guys want to do these type of things well the only way you're going to do that is to build up credible people outside of your big you know Omega Moxley you know Young Bucks those type of guys 
The only way you're going to really fully compete with that company is if you build new guys. And the, the guy that I think can really have, you know, impact is him. So I think through this program, you have, you know, a great match, blow-off match between MJF and Jericho and Bill, you know, MJF is one of the new heels, new great heels of this generation. All right, Reynolds, to close the show, what do you got? Who wins this feud and what is the fallout? Oh, it's got to be Pinnacle. You don't, again, you don't put that much time and in, in layering into a great reveal like that of I've been building this the whole time just to instantly destroy it. Unless you're WWE, then you do that, no problem. But I think the whole thing, and, and to James's point, MJF is the next guy to to build Jericho's name off. I thought that's where they were going with the inner circle stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, they found a better route to get there than a simple just, what's the word, like an insurgency of him taking over. With, he builds his own thing, and then he unseats Chris Jericho, and he becomes this you know really powerful villain. Now, the thing is, don't have him go for the world title. He already failed pretty recently with, with Moxley, right? So... You want to space that out. Plus, you got too much going on with Omega and and Hangman, is which is the direction I think they're going. Now, you got two options where you go with this, and I think what you can do is MJF becomes the guy with the TNT Championship, really takes it away. And Darby's the perfect guy to do a sympathetic thing with, of him just beating down, and they take out Sting, right? Pinnacle just destroys Sting. Darby's. You know, it, it not, he's not the kind of guy to kind of be like, you know, like, oh, my God, my mentor, that kind of thing. You do that, but definitely have it affect him, mm-hmm. right? And then have just, you know, interference upon interference. I mean, I'm talking 91 Royal Rumble with with <laughs> Ultimate Warrior and Slaughter where Savage and Sherry and all these people are, are coming out. I mean, just really drive home the point of what a scumbag MJF is. Take the title off Darby, Right, and then just have it. He'd be the guy because I think right now Cody has the longest reign at seven seven defenses. But have MJF be the guy that really cements it. And I think I don't think TNT would have a problem at all with him being the face of the network kind of thing. So allow him to really be able to validate the secondary title until he needs to go up. The other option that you could do, I like the better uh, of taking Darby in the TNT Championship. But the other option that you can go is Hangman completes his redemption story. And then immediately gets screwed over by, not I shouldn't say immediately, but, you know, pretty quickly by Revolution. He already loses the title to MJF kind of along the same ways that he would take it off Darby. All right. James, any retort there? Because I know he he, uh, had some comments from your last one. No. Not, not really. (laughs) He just just gave you the James Carville from old school. No, that answer was perfect. Oh, man. All right. Well, I was hoping that you were going to come back with something because now I'm really torn. Um, uh, I guess it, like Lynch was very even for me. Uh, I think you guys both had good points there. Um, I thought Reynolds had like... I think, I think Dar- Dar- Darby Allen should have been brought up. Like, he's not good. <laughs> Hey, you, no, hold on. You had your chance. Now, I gave you. Now, I gave you the floor. Now the host. Now the host is back in control, my man. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> what I will say is, is that I, I thought I, I liked what James said about Roman. I think, I think ultimately that's probably the best scenario for WWE if they can get The Rock to do that match. It, it makes the money, like James said. It makes Roman even bigger. Roman wins the match. Now, like, whoever going to get that face run off of Roman Reigns is is immediately trajected into the Cena stratosphere. Now, whether they can stay there or not, 
we'll see. Time will tell. But at least it would give them a lot of time to, uh, as both of you kind of speculated, you know, some um, time to kind of see, all right, who's ready for this? You know, the classic Vince, who's going to grab the brass ring, right? So I, I think that that was strong. Um, I liked uh, Reynolds on the last question because um, I think I think he has the right idea with MJF. Only problem, though, from the champion is he was waffling between two choices. So I'm saying James hits him with the low blow and wins the championship tonight. I'm fine with James winning, but your 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 logic is sound or not sound. Oh, it's, it is sound. That you were right the first time. It's very ridiculous. I didn't waffle on any. I provided you two two. two that's options. my problem. That's my problem. You should have been sure of your one option. Your one that's, choice. That's dumb. That is completely dumb. <laughs> to have that many options to choose from. Oh, that's ridiculous. James, take your victory lap from this moron. <laughs> James, cut the promo as the brand new champion of the shooting pod press. I'm going to cut a promo of one of the greatest of all time, Mr. Randy Savage. And, uh, you know, the cream of the crop. (laughs) (laughs) We're here now, you know. And uh, we're going to have a lengthy title reign, you know. And I'm, you know, all my 14 followers, the reign of Reynolds is over. The reign of terror is over. And, you know, hey, next week, baby. Tony next week, week two of the ring. You're happy with that axe? That's that's what you gave. Cut the promo time to. That's that's your champion. You should see this guy's face. I really wish we were on YouTube right now. I really do. Rob, where are you, man? Are you here? I'm with you guys. <laughs> I I I've got to keep saying, I'll get there one day. You know, the interim championship that was nice for one week, but hey, I'm gonna keep on going. Keep on just. Plugging away. I know there's just something against me right now. Sami Zayn style. There's a little bit of a conspiracy coming at me. I just want everybody to look right now at the Smashman. There's just something about it. I mean, I'm going to have a television crew with us. We document this entire situation. What's going on right here? Called in. I do everything. I just, I just know. Like, there's just hey, Rob. Don't worry. On here. Why is it against me? I'm gonna beat you next week too in the final. <laughs> so that way, it's gonna cement me as the champ champ. You know what I mean? Because I beat the. You know, hey, and but, but, while, while we're at it, you got to give Reynolds. Hey, he was a great champion. You know, wins the WrestleMania champion, <laughs> great champion. But it's just time. You know, it's time for you know a new voice. You know, so I'm gonna be well, that's things, like, and well, that's my- things like coming. <laughs> you're coming off from the NXT roster, and it's like WrestleMania. You always have a new champion. I mean, it just didn't happen this year for the guy, for the men's, but it happened for the women. But, yeah, I mean, you take the title and everything, and now you make that run with it. You know, go on to the next one. You know, can you get that full year out of it like Reigns or, or, or the almighty heavyweight champion Bobby Lashley? I, I will just say as the head booker of this territory, after that promo, I, I am a little, I'm a little sad that I gave the title away. <laughs> <laughs> so from both of you, because I listened to the show last week, and Rob, you won the title, and I got to tell you, the cut the promo, you got you to gotta bring that level up if you're going to bring the top dog to this podcast. You're going to have to bring it. And James, same to you, my man. Got to bring it harder on the cut the promo. Uh, okay. Well, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna have a whole week of practice, you know, and uh, I'm gonna win next week too. So, but the I like rain, it. it don't matter. Probably don't matter. What matters? And new. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you 
what my promo is going to be next week. It's going to be two words and still. Oh, That's nice. It. Okay. Just make sure there's a long pause and there's a bunch of booze. I just, I just, just want it. I just want it to be like you know, going like, "Hey, uh, hey, Rob, what do you think of it?" Or not, Rob. Hey, James, what do you think of this? Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, you gotta bring, you gotta bring it strong. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, hey I, I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, I, my bucket list. I beat Reynolds. So I took the belt from Reynolds. So. <laughs> you like, gotta, like, you, you gotta up your, you gotta, you gotta up your promo skills and up your bucket list, man. <laughs> like, that should not be on there. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that will wrap up the show for this evening. Uh, We appreciate you joining us. Check in next week and see if James can retain his title. Reynolds obviously will be coming on fierce, and Rob will want his interim title back. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for joining us.